Hi, I'm Meredith Roden, and I'm the host of the Hatchet's weekly podcast, Getting to the Bottom of It, covering the happenings around Foggy Bottom and GW's campus. For the coming months on Getting to the Bottom of It, we'll be looking into the stories of community members affected by the coronavirus pandemic. On this week's episode, Porter and fact checker Alec Rich talks with students who are dealing with new online classes and losing a sense of community. Hi, my name is Alec Rich, and you're listening to the Hatchet's weekly podcast, Getting to the Bottom of It. My first guest today is Owen Vacheron. He's the general manager of GW's radio station, WRGW District Radio, which was forced to shut down for the remainder of the semester as on-campus activities and classes were halted on March 16th. Owen, thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Alec. Excited to, excited to be on the show. So, in your position as general manager, you know, what was your initial reaction to GW's decision to cancel on-campus activities? Yeah, I mean, I think for everyone it was it was uh not super surprising. Like I kind of saw it coming especially with the closure of other universities and things like that. Um I was shocked to see it happen so quickly because I think it was within a few days that you know, schools like Harvard and American closed down, then GW was pretty, they followed suit. But um, I think it's something that universities just kind of had to do, with, you know, with all of, all of what's going on. But um, yeah, I, I guess in terms of the radio station, uh, we had to kind of quickly develop a plan on, you know, what was going to happen. Because at first, it was just the two weeks after spring break that we were going to, you know, be off the air. So we were planning on coming back on whatever that would have been. April 6th, I think was the date. But, you know, once we started getting more information over spring break, we just kind of had to, you know, move quickly and, and follow suit with the university because all student orgs are in the same boat. So it's not like, you know, anyone should be treated any different regardless of what you're doing. So, um, yeah, we were just uh, myself and station manager uh, Taylor Galgano. We were just working together and uh, trying to figure out a plan for the station. And yeah. Mm. And what plan did you end up coming up with? Yeah, so I mean the plan was pretty much just to cancel broadcasting because we had no other we had no other choice. Um, you know, cuz the radio station's in the Marvin Center on the ground floor and since we're in like an academic building on campus which all those were going to be closed even if folks were there over spring break, it wasn't something that we could really monitor or, you know, what kind of reaction did that gain I guess from the staff, you know, I saw from a lot of seniors who hosted shows on top of everything else going on for them, especially, you know, they had to say goodbye to a consistent show and audience that they had had for over a year in some cases, you know, what was it like watching that unfold? Yeah, uh, man, it was, it was really sad. It was sad to watch a lot of that. Um, especially because I don't know, uh, I've, I've a couple close friends who I, who I host shows with who are graduating this year. And, uh, my my good friend Andre Gonzalez, we host a show uh, together called Night Schooled, and uh, we were not expecting that show that we did to like be our last one, but you know we we kind of had a feeling, so we we made it special, and uh, it was a good time. But yeah, it was it was it was a bummer to see some folks who didn't get to, you know, because there are people who like host shows, you know, on that Saturday night, but we decided to cancel programming starting the Friday before break. So they didn't get to have their last shows. And that was a that was a huge bummer. But, you know, it was, it was a decision that we had to make. And uh, I don't know, I, I felt I truly did feel bad for those seniors who were leaving. But, um, you know, that's why we have all our alumni events. So if you, you can come back when you graduate and get back on get back on the air. So um, but yeah, it was it was definitely it was sad to see. But, you know, folks, uh, grads at WRGW are always always welcome back. So. 
And um, was there a consi- like a consideration amongst you and you know staff to try and work remotely, or was that not really discussed as much? Yeah, I think that was something we had considered and talked about a little bit. I know uh, one of our board members, or two of our board members actually, uh, Katie Ronk and, and Courtney Kushner, they did like a, a live Twitch stream of their show. I believe it was on Monday night. Um, but uh, I and that went that went pretty well. They just you know invited their friends to tune in. You just basically need the link and then you can go watch them. So I think that was a that that's worked well and it's been nice kind of seeing how other station members are you know pursuing still hosting their shows even though we're we're not officially on the air right now. Um, but uh, yeah, that's something folks have been looking into for sure. And has the staff kept in touch remotely? And you know what what kind of things have you tried to do as a leader to foster that sense of community while you guys are apart? Yeah, so that's the one thing that's been tricky because, I mean, a lot of this job is, it's kind of a lot of constant messaging and communication with the station and, like, student staff and uh, all of our board members and whatnot. So um, I think a good part of that has been, like, you know, keeping up in our group me and things like that, just checking in on each other because we're all, like, pretty close friends, too, and, and that definitely helps a lot. Um, so I think it's been good, uh, you know, checking in every once in a while, um, and making sure that people still have things to do. Like we're trying to stay active, you know, on the radio station, social media. So we're still posting every now and then just so people don't think we've just gone underground or, or whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, um, that's generally kind of looked like, uh, cause we're also entering a point in the year where now we're transitioning to our next general manager. Cause I'm actually, uh, I'm a junior now, but I won't be doing this job next year, but, um, the next general manager for the station is going to be Pooji Janavithala. And um, she's been our programming director since freshman, our freshman year. Um, she's also a junior, going to be a senior. But um, so a lot of that's working on like transition stuff, which is kind of difficult because, you know, that's something that we can usually do in person. We can sit down, meet whenever, but, um, you know, we, we got to schedule calls, do a lot of things over the, over the web. But um, luckily a lot, most people have a, a lot of free time all of a sudden, so it's not too hard, but yeah. And I want to dive a little bit more into, you know, the reactions from, you know, some of the people in the WRGW community, you know, have you reached out to any of them either before um, they left for campus or now, and you know how you know what have their reactions kind of been in in terms of the closure yeah, so I mean, I think generally people have been very uh very bummed um about the closure of the station because um, I think this past year, especially we've kind of seen a pretty large growth in our community and just people who really love hosting their shows they love they love radio, they love bringing their friends on, they love getting their friends involved um so there's definitely a lot, I'm sure a lot of folks are missing, you know, coming into the station every, you know, once, twice a week and having that hour to themselves or with their group of friends. Um, you know, in terms of like direct outreach, I mean, it's been really nice too, because this is a, a really tricky time for like station leadership as well, because we're developing to a situation that we haven't had to deal with before, you know, um, that quite frankly, no one on campus has had to deal with before for the most part. Um, so I think we're all kind of navigating that right now. And uh, it has been great, you know, from the point that, um, you know, as soon as we sent out that first email about saying like, hey, guys, we're really sorry, but we're going to have to close programming till the 6th. People were very supportive. They're saying like, thank you so much for communicating this. Because like at that point, it was just 
really hectic with people getting constant emails from the university and, uh, you know, a lot of information coming at you at once can be really stressful. But I think it was important for the station at that point to really be, you know, stable and and constant with its station members, just give them some really concise and, you know, uh, grounded information and uh, try our best not to, you know, uh, alarm them or like, or fuel the fire in any way, because, people are adjusting to so many things happening at one time and we just don't want to, you know, I think just uh, uh, sensory overload would just be a little, a little too much. So we were just making sure that was in check. And in terms of the transition process, you know, how far along were you into that or were you just starting that process and how do you envision it going from here? Yeah. So we were at that point. So I guess when we found out that GW was going to be uh, going online for a couple weeks after break was uh, like Tuesday or Wednesday before break. So I think we had just initially started our transition process like the week prior because um, we had like elections for our general manager and applications and everything. Um, so uh, Puji was selected probably a week and a half prior to all this starting. So, um, you know, that was something that we really had to uh, kind of hit, we really hit the ground running with that, or like we kind of sat down and realized that, oh, okay, we're not going to be here after break. So we got to kind of have a plan, uh, on what we want to do, you know, how we're going to, you know, conduct like interviews for new board members, how we're going to, cause we also have every year, like something like 160, 170 show applications that we have to, um, you know, sit down and talk to all of our station members about. So, um, cause at the end of each semester, people apply to have a show for the next semester. So that's something that we usually do in person and people just come into the station, but now that's all going to be over the phone or online or over zoom or <laughs> whatever. So, um, I think that's going to be something to navigate into something that will be ultimately up to Puji and our, uh, our programming department to kind of tackle. So I think that's, a that's definitely been one of the, a couple of the main things that we've been considering, uh, going forward here, especially so thankful for the station and the the community it it uh is for so many people at gw yeah oh and thank you yeah of course man anytime my next guest is cca senator and sophomore brandon hill was a member of the finance committee the vice chair of the governments and nominations committee as well as the chair of the black senators caucus Brandon also had a student communications assistant position for the ccas marketing and communications department but she has since lost due to campus shutting down for the semester. Brandon, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. So first, you know, what was this communications position with the Coleman College of Arts and Sciences? You know, how long were you there and what were you doing there? So I was hired in November as a student communications assistant for the marketing and communications department of CCAS. Um, mainly what I did was sitting behind a desk for about 10, 15 hours a week, and just doing that and following the instructions of those around me. Um, and I've been there, like I said, since November. And, you know, what was your initial reaction to you know, the university's decision to close down? And how did CCAS, you know, inform you uh, that the position wouldn't be um, continuing? So uh, on Friday, I was talking to my supervisor about the possibility of me continuing to work over spring break. Um, they said that they might have some teleworking options, that they have to get cleared 
um, before I go through with it, but I also live in Maryland, so if I wanted to, I could metro in or stay on campus over the break and still be able to work there. Um, after um, they said that I wouldn't be able to telework over um, the spring break, but if I wanted to, I could still come in and work throughout that time, which I decided not to. And then I got an email over spring break that said that um, that all on-campus um, employees would not be allowed to um, continue working. Um, and on that Friday, when I asked about working over the spring break, all my supervisors and those in the same department around me were running around getting um, computers that the department brought to them um, so that they could work, telework from home and um, setting up things like microphones and webcams and um, figuring out how to get Wi-Fi hotspots at their houses so that they could telework while I was at the same time being told that I can't telework because I'm a student employee. Yeah, and so what, what was kind of your general reaction to that? You know, would you have liked to have continued it if the remote option was there? Um, I personally would have liked to continue if the remote option was there. Um, I think that the work that I'm doing is like really valuable as someone who cares about the freedom of information to all. Um, mm -hmm. I think that right now um, the work is just kind of being stopped. Um, and there's not much being carried on with um, how the websites are being upgraded and things like that. Um, the work that I'm doing is being just transmitted to my supervisor or put on halt when my supervisor could be working on more pressing issues like and more um, vision-oriented things on how to move um, the marketing communications department forward rather than doing the nitty-gritty coding. While as um, it still hurt a lot to be losing that job, um, it's still, I still appreciate the university's effort to be able to say, hey, we're still going to pay you for the hours you're assigned. Um, even though I worked less at the job, it still helps out being able to clock in that time. Yeah, and that's guaranteed through the rest of the semester? Hopefully, yeah. And, you know, have they, I guess, coming off both of those, you know, has, how is that kind of, have you thought about how that's affected your plans moving forward in terms of work you want to do at the university? And obviously, you, it's affected your routine for the rest of the semester as well. Um, so I planned on stopping my student events job at the end of the semester. Um, my student communications job, um, they said that they, we were at the, in the middle of having talks about keeping me on for the summer as a summer employee of the university where I could come in um, and even continue this on to the fall because as a political communications major, um, lots of the internships are like, you need this many years of communication experience or this much. That was my way of getting communications experience and adding things like technological skills to my resume. Um, so all the experience that I was trying to get and all the work that I was trying to do halted as well as these conversations of me being able to work there over the summer. So not only am I currently out of a current job, I'm also, it's also unsure on whether I'll be, at, be able to come back for the summer and if I want to come back in the fall even. And you know, what are your feelings with regards to that? I think that students who are able to telework should be able to telework. I think that there are some jobs where you physically have to be in person, which makes sense. Um, and there are a few federal work studies um, like that. Um, but I think when everyone around you within a department is teleworking and you're the only one who's there not being able to assist and help out, it, it kind of like hurts the culture of the office as well as alienates people who have the skills and are able to work and who are just um, disenfranchised because of their um, level as a student. Yeah. And so that 
non-remote work applies to both um, of the jobs that you said or yes so yeah and was it even offered as an option for the federal work studies it wasn't uh, not at all they just said don't come in we'll still pay you and you know um, along with all of that you're also an essay senator as i mentioned uh, for ccas you know what was your reaction in general to to that um and you know how is the essay kind of functions you know at this point um i think the my main reaction was to listen to the students and be as flexible as i can with making sure that i am still representing them in the best way possible i think that a lot of students are not even concerned about federal work study jobs at the moment or on campus jobs when they're really worried about where am i going to be living and i think that's a top priority at the moment i think it's not until a few weeks down the road where people's savings start running out and people start um realizing oh i might not have enough money to eat or my family might not have enough money to do X, Y, and Z because they w- I was depending on my G world or I was depending on this money I got for my federal work study in order to be able to survive. And I think we'll be start feeling um, the pain and hurt from that um, later on um, in the month. Um, I think the essay, the operations of the essay currently are at a halt. Um, we had, I think, two or three more meetings scheduled coming up uh, and now it's just going to be one for the rest of the year and it's going to be online. So we have to get all our legislation and all our projects done by April 6th, which is a very early deadline when we were supposed to have a few more meetings after that. And also for anybody who is running for um, an essay elected position, the transitions are kind of um, up in the air. There are currently people who say we should push the election back to the fall. Um, so that everything's really facing uncertainty at the moment. Yeah, I was gonna mention you're running for executive vice president, right? That is correct. So how is you know how has this kind of affected the way that you've been campaigning since the as of now the election just still slated for April eighth and ninth? This pandemic has allowed people to turn to their candidates and see their stances on certain things, um, and really ask for more information. I think um, right with the implementation of pass fail classes, people look to candidates and say, "Ooh, is this something you support? Why not? I can't vote for you if you can't support this." Or, "Ooh, do you think GW should be kicking people out? Why not? I can't support I can't support you if you feel X, Y, and Z ways." So, our response as candidates and the way we're feeling and publicly displaying that is something that people are actively looking towards when making decisions because that's something they're going through right now. And if elected to these positions, um, you're gonna, going to be having to make these split-second decisions and making statements and making stances um, very quickly and being able to broadcast that to people, even though some people might be upset and being able to explain your positions. Um, so I think that being able to stand that test and trial is something that people are looking for. And they're just looking for general guidance. Um, and I think that the essay being less visible at the moment um, allows for candidates really to come through and create these um, collectives of themselves to support the students. And you know, how have you worked to reach the community in that remote way? Um, last Friday, I had um, virtual office hours as a senator. Um, I had a few people come in, they, um, which was an Instagram live stream. Um, people asked about um, my thoughts on pass-fail classes. Um, they, a few of them just said hi, um, and they appreciated my me um, doing the Instagram lives and being able to make myself available through that. 
Um, I've done a lot of reaching out to organizations, um, specifically more academic organizations, to ask if they had any questions about pass-fail classes and um, how we could bring those um, concerns that they have into fruition. Um, I've been talking to a lot of senators on the Academic Affairs Committee in order to um, more about pass-fail classes, how some pre-law and pre-med students feel like they need pass-fail classes, but they don't want to use them because um, they'll look bad when they're applying for law schools and med schools. Um, so lots of conversations with students, members of the essay, and I hope to continue that um, once more information is provided and order and turn it into conversations with administrators who are able to make the change. Yeah. And lastly, I also want to ask about, you know, in terms of whether it's your constituents or other friends or um, I'm not sure other orgs that you're involved in, you know, how have people kind of expressed, you know, their feelings about the closure of campus to you? Um, people, lots of petitions have been going around. Um, so many petitions, lots of um, Instagram DMs when I share things or share my thoughts um, and lots of texts from students. I've got, I've even gotten a few emails. So through all channels, people are like, um, here's a problem I am having, or I saw you talk about this on your live stream or post about this and I want to know more, or this is why I don't support this. Can we have a conversation about X, Y, and Z? So the channels of, through all channels of communications, both friends, students, constituents are actively seeking answers and thoughts and advice on what to do. Um, I really appreciate the petitions that are going around by students um, to reschedule the class graduation, to make GW pay for all moving fees and things like that. Um, and I think that being able to come together collectively and have open dialogues like that is really important. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you for having me. That's all for this week. Getting to the Bottom of It is hosted by Meredith Roten. This podcast is produced by podcast host Meredith Roten. And special thanks this week to Owen Vasteron, Brandon Hill, and Alec Rich for joining us.